Praise the Lord. We have a great privilege tonight to have one of our own declaring the word of the Lord to us. I want you to put your hands together for Pastor Vince. Vincent. Oh, praise God. Hey, I got a word for you tonight. It's found somewhere in the Bible. Praise God, it's all good. Open your Bibles. And I got to use um, electronics here tonight. <laughs> Technology. To Deuteronomy chapter 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20. I'm going to talk to you tonight about fighting the good fight. How many fighters in the house tonight? Right on. There are rules to engagement. Rules to fighting. Are you there in Deuteronomy chapter 20? Look at verses 1 through 10. It says, when you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord your God, who bought you out of Egypt, will be with you. That's good news. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, hear Israel. Today, you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. The officer shall say to the army, has anyone built a new house and not yet begun to live in it? Let him go home. Or he may die in battle and someone else begin to live in it. Has anyone planted a vineyard and not begun to enjoy it? Let him go home. Or he may die in battle and someone else enjoy it. Has anyone become pledged to a woman and not married her? Let him go home, or he may die in battle and someone else marry her. When the officers <laughs> shall add, <laughs> then the officers <laughs> shall add, is anyone afraid or faint-hearted? Let him go home, so that this his fellow soldiers will not become disheartened, disheartened too. When the officers have finished speaking to the army, they shall appoint commanders over it. When you march up to attack a city, make its people an offer of peace. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it again be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it reveal your will for our lives today and every day of our lives. May we walk so much in your word, Lord, and in your will that we're changed, transformed into the very image of your son. Have your way with us tonight. Mold us and shape us. Direct us. Command us. Whoa. As you are our commander in chief. Direct us as you would your army. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you were with me the last few times I've spoken, I'm, I'm talking about war. You know, yeah, you may be seated. I'm sorry. If you didn't notice, we're in a fight. You're either coming out of a fight, in a fight, or going into a fight. So you might as well learn how to. That's right. You came to join anybody in here, peace-loving people. You know, our feet should be shod with the gospel of peace. Amen. And the Bible says when you go to war, the first thing you want to do is offer some peace. But if they ain't going for it, they ain't having none of it, then war it is. It's just a fact. It's a true fact. God teaches his people how to fight. Now the way we fight is not the way the world fights. But we fight as God has directed us. Whew. 
want you to know that God never promised you a rose garden. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Hallelujah. God never promised you a rose garden. He promised you a fight. He said, man, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. So he just let you know ahead of time that there was going to be a fight. First war ever fought was in heaven. And, and, and Michael had to throw some loud mouth upstart wannabe out of heaven. Dude, you got to go. I'm not asking you. Okay? You got to go. Okay, boom. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. You know what that means? That he wouldn't coast into the ground. Somebody put some force behind it. <laughs> hey! Hallelujah. Y'all ought to read my version of the Bible. It's just like, wow. It's pumped up. So we're not in a picnic. Everything is not Walgreens. It's not perfect. It's not the way we want it. It's not the way he wants it. But we are in a fight, and our warfare is a spiritual one. And this warfare is not for the faint-hearted. I'm trying to be nice. I'm going to continue to be nice. Hallelujah. But you are fighting a tough enemy. He's upset. He's mad at you. He don't want to make peace with you, but he want to stomp all over your life and stomp all over your freedom. But you don't have to let him. Mm. Your enemy is not one of flesh and blood. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Wow. See, when you learn how to fight the way God wants you to fight, if you think your enemy is something you can see with your eyes or touch with your hands, you are vastly mistaken. It says, if it's wearing a coat of flesh, it is, now you mean a guy pointing a gun at me is not my enemy? No. No, he's not your real enemy. It's the guy behind him you want. It's the guy behind him that you have to go after. You mean uh, the, the guy beating me up? The guy abusing me? The guy saying all manner evil against me is not my enemy? No, it's the person that's pushing the buttons. Then there's some people out there that are bound. They are prisoners of the invisible power or principality that holds them in check. And your enemy is, now I'm not saying you ain't got to defend yourself against people that will try to use bodily force against you. Okay, but you have to understand that they are not your enemy. The devil is your enemy. Okay, and you have to learn how to fight him. And if you don't learn how to fight the devil, beating somebody up or overcoming somebody here on the earth is worthless. Because the enemy is just going to come and send you somebody else to, to mess with you. You got to learn how to fight God's way. You got to learn how to fight the good fight, the spiritual fight against your real enemies. And I like that about this church. They tell you the truth. According to God's word. In John chapter 17... Verse 14, it starts to reveal to us who our enemies are. In John 17, 14, it says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Jesus is talking about the world and the world system. The world system is your enemy. Well, what's the world system? Well, the world system is that system that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in your life. That tells you certain lifestyles that God has forbidden and called abomination are now okay. You're fighting in the world system. And they're telling you, but if you watch the news, you know that 
Christianity is in a, it's just going down. And we're no longer winning. But I'll tell you this. Let me let you in on the Christian secret that they will not tell you in the news. We are winning at this time more Muslims to the Lord than at any other time in history. Don't let the world tell you what the truth is. Because the world system is, is against God. And it's never going to highlight the truth. You know, you know, in every natural disaster that there ever was, any storm, any tornado, they always highlight different groups. But I'm going to tell you, the backbone of every rescue mission is Christians who have put the lives of others above their selves. We're always the first one on the scene. We're always the first responders. We always show up, but the cameras don't want to talk to us. Because we're going to talk about the one who sent us. And they don't want to hear nothing about him. I'm just telling you what the truth is. So the world is at enmity with God. Because they want to control things. But they are not controlling things. You know how I know they're not controlling things? Because when you read that book, not one jot, not one tittle, will ever pass away. Everything that book has said happen, will happen has happened. Not one single thing in that Bible has been proven false. If it had been proven false, they'll put it on top of every billboard around the country. All they do is tell you, oh, it's not true. Oh, there's mistakes. And all. Ask people to show you one. Show me. They can't show you. And stuff. If, they, if there was, it would be on every billboard around the world, and we would be discredited, and they ain't going about their business. Israel is always going to be okay. Because you know why? Because I read the book. I don't care how many armies come up against it. I don't care how many people surround it. You know, it doesn't make any difference. But what they're trying to do is disprove the Bible. Because if they can wipe Israel out, they can say the Bible's not true. But they've been trying to do that for a long time. And the Israelis are still there. And God will do what he want to do. Everything is going to happen in this time. You can't stop revelations from happening. God already wrote it down. I love the fact that he told the devil when and where Jesus was going to be born, and he couldn't do nothing about it. I'm just like, dang, he told you what town? He said, follow the star. Hello? He said, he's in the manger. Little baby Jesus. He couldn't even handle him. The world is your enemy. The flesh is your enemy. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 it says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do evil or not, you are not to do whatever you want to do. You know, there used to be a saying when I was growing up in the 70s. It said, if it feels good, do it. That's totally contrary to the word of God. You only do what God wants you to do. When Jesus was tempted of the devil, the devil said, you know, I know you're hungry. Make that brick a rock. He said, man, dude, you don't tell me what to do. The only person who tells me what to do is God. All right? I'm not obeying you. I will obey him. Now, if he tell me to turn the brick to, the brick to or the stone to, to bread, I'll do it. But there ain't no way I'm listening to you. Okay? Because I've seen what happens when people listen to you. I've seen what happens when Adam and Eve listen to you. Okay, I'm not following you, dude. Your plans always end in disaster. Hello. Anybody ever been out there in the world and had a devil sitting on your shoulder talking to you, just like the little cartoon? Sitting on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, do this. And you hear this voice say, don't do it. But you did it anyway. Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. <laughs> But we've all heard them. God speaks to us. You got to watch your flesh. You know, follow your heart. I hate it when they say that. Because the Bible told me that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Oh, follow my heart. You're a Christian. Follow the Lord. Follow God. Follow your heart. Oh. <laughs> What a mess that has made. 
Anybody want to guess who the third enemy is? You know, we got the world, the flesh, and the the divisor. Yeah, the devil. You know, the Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. To resist is a violent term. It's not like, stop it, devil. That's not that. Resist him. Steadfastly in the Lord. This far have you come, devil. No further shall you go. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cast you out. Hallelujah. So you got to say it like you mean it. You can't be playing titty winks with the devil. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, my wife used to say, resizzle the divisor. Hallelujah. I love that saying. Yeah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be awake. Be acutely aware that you have an enemy. And it says be sober-minded. Now, I don't care what they legalize out there. You ain't sober if you're smoking marijuana. And I got, well, no, it's legal now. You know what? It's just a test to see if you're going to follow God or not. He said, well, there ain't nothing wrong with a little wine with dinner. Yeah, but you're drinking more than a little. Don't be... <laughs> Don't you be lying to me. I know what's happening. Yeah, you wait till midnight, Jack. You pop that bottle and you just <laughs> shoot. Just a just a little wine, yeah, little brandy for medicinal purpose. The devil is in your life deceiving you. Except he's gonna trick you. And just because you can handle a glass of wine with your dinner doesn't mean everybody can do that. Oh, yeah, I've seen people take a drink, and they never stop drinking till the day they die. You know? That was my grandmother's testimony. My grandfather tried to get her for years to take a drink. Oh, have some with turkey dinner at Christmas, a little Mogan David. Wine used to be a famous wine. Now it's a ghetto wine. They call it MD 2020. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's a little too ghetto for y'all, I know. Y'all ain't back in the day. A, a little wine, yeah. My, my, and one Thanksgiving, my grandmother decided, okay, I'll have a little glass. From that little glass that she had, she never stopped drinking till the day she died. So, yeah. Don't listen to the world. There are no harmful effects of marijuana. All you got to do is drive through Cleveland where I grew up. Okay, you can drive through the east side of Cleveland where I grew up, Jack. You, you see the same people that you went to high school with wearing the same clothes that they wore when you went to high school. <laughs> You'd be like, there's some harmful effects of marijuana. You know, it's good Lord. <laughs> okay, that's, by the way, that's not funny. Okay, <laughs> but it is in a way. I want you to know that the greatest of these foes that we have, the devil, in the world, the greatest is the flesh. Did you know that? You know why? Because Christ has overcome the world, defeated the snot out of the devil, hallelujah, and put him under his feet. But the flesh he left for us. <laughs> In Romans 8.37, it says that Christians are more than conquerors. It says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Don't get used to defeat. Don't ever get used to being downtrodden. Don't be used to being sick. Don't be used to being sad and depressed. You are more than a conqueror. Jesus Christ said that you might have life. And life more abundant. You represent Christ in the world. There's no reason for you to walk around hanging your head down. Man. I was out um, yesterday. And I was passing out flyers and 
checking places to see that they had flyers and they had tickets and things like that for birthday of a king. And I pulled in the gas station to get gas. And I was like, why did I come to this gas station? I had no idea why I came to the gas station. Because there was cheaper gas where I was going. But I pulled in and I said, oh, well. That's what I said. Oh, well, I'm going into this gas station. I pulled in the gas station and I went Tony. Tony gets out of the car, goes over to the whatever the thing, the minute mark or whatever it was. Okay, and I finished pumping gas, and I look back, he's talking to a guy. They say, I know he's at the guy's car, and he's talking to the people in the guy's car. And then he comes back to the car. It's the funniest thing, right, because I'm looking in the mirror. And he comes back to the car, and he goes, I said, hey, man, what's going on? Was that one of your friends? He said, no, I never met the guy before in my life. He said, I just, God just moved on me, and I start talking to him about Jesus. And he said, I led him to the Lord. I was like, oh. You know, and I was like, wow. Stuff happened with me and Tony go knocking on doors, man. It's a, it's a crazy thing. We understand that we're in a warfare. And we can't just put up with what the devil wants to put out on us. We have to overcome our flesh. I want you to know that when you start feeling weak, when you start feeling like you can't do nothing, when you start feeling like you can't say anything, I hate that feeling. Okay, I hate it because God said I'm more than a conqueror. And I'm going away. I hate when people talking to me and I start feeling small. You know, and I start feeling like, oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm such a terrible because of what these people are saying about me. I go, now, wait a minute. I'm no grasshopper. You know, I'm a giant killer. I don't care how many giants in the land. <laughs> you, know, you know, David had five rocks in his pocket. And if five giants would have showed up, David would have said, I have one for each of you. You know, because <laughs> he was about to dish out some pain. And I, I like David's life. He said, you know what? You ain't leaving this valley. I know I got the call of God on my life. You can't threaten me like that. You can't talk about God like that. You're going down today. I like his bravado. You think it was because he was King David, but he, you got to remember, he wasn't king yet. You know, he was a ruddy little young man. But he was not in the army. He was just a shepherd. But, you know, we got some great shepherds in this church. You know, and they might not look like much, but I wouldn't mess with these guys. They know how they handle themselves in a fight, in a real fight, not against flesh and blood. Uh, you don't need, uh, most of us don't need no help with flesh and blood. We can handle it ourselves. But what about powers, principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies? When the enemy comes staring you down the face, oh, when he challenges you and, and, and walks up in your face, what can your God do about this? Dude, first of all, take about three steps back. Okay? <laughs> It's just my picture of things. You got to learn how to fight. You got to learn how to stand up in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in your own power, but in his power. He's given you word. And his word to you is, you've been given authority over all the power of the wicked one. So act like it. Don't go by your feelings. Your feelings lie to you. They tell you all kind of crazy kind of stuff. And they change their mind all the time. Okay. And then, but Jesus says this, you are more than a conqueror. Act like it. Stand up, son. You're a child of God. I am with you always. I will never leave you or forsake you. You know, I love this part. Because Jesus said, I was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He was manifest. What that means is that his power appears to destroy the works of the devil. In any place, you see the devil working, you know that God is with you. It's a crazy thing when you know the truth, the truth will keep you free. And so when the devil rears up his ugly head, I just say, I just like, Jesus, you got this? Hey, I got it. Jesus said, I, I, said, I don't even play with Satan. I saw him fall. I didn't even dirty my hands with him. I had Michael throw him out. 
know what I'm saying? Mike, take care of my light work. Love that. You know? <laughs> Come on now. And he threw them out. And then he told us, as he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. And he said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we'll be about our father's business. We will bind the work of Satan every place we go. And we will loose every captive in Jesus' name. Even at the gas station. Good Lord. What can your God do? Your God's already done it. He's already won the war. He's already beat the devil up. So, number one. Let me give you some quick points here when we get out of here. Number one, you have to overcome fear. The fearful have no business in war. If you're afraid, you need to pray until that fear leave, leaves you. It says in verse 8 of the text we wrote in chapter 20, forgot where I was at, in Deuteronomy, it says, the officers shall add, is anyone afraid or faint-hearted? Let him go home. So his fellow soldiers will not be disheartened. The fearful not only harm themselves, but discourage other believers who are watching them. Whoa. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am, am thy God. It's a King James Version. I will strengthen thee. Yes, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God is promising you that he is with you in the fight. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from my fears, according to Psalms 34, 4. And I like this, 1 John 4, 18. He says, perfect love, cast out all fear you need to know these scriptures when you get afraid you know you're not supposed to be afraid and in 2 Timothy 1.7 my personal favorite for God not, has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind you know fear will drive you crazy <laughs> it will drive you absolutely insane and out of your mind, worrying about what's about to happen, that's never going to happen. Lord, if everything that we, we feared happened, we wouldn't even be sitting here today. What if I, what if that, you know, we can't even get an ache in the shoulder and go, what if it's cancer? Wow! What if I have, you know, well, we just go, we start tripping out. What if I get diabetes? What if I, you know, we just start getting scared and fearful and Front, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. You know, fear or love, power, and a sound mind. Fear or love, power, and a sound mind. Make your choice. Because you can't have them both. You can only have one or the other. I want everything God has for me. I said, wait, dude, I, I didn't give you fear. That ain't from me. But if you want something from me, I'll give you love, power, and a sound mind. I, I'll take what he said, the love, power, and a, Yeah. Not what the devil said, but what God said. Love, power, and a sound mind. Half-hearted people are not to be, are not good warriors. Okay. In Deuteronomy, our, our scripture, verse 20, I mean, chapter 20 and verse 5 says this. Then the officers shall speak to the people saying, What man is there who built a new house who, and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another dedicate it. What God was doing was giving him an out. Oh, I just built a house. You know, I got to go back to my house. I can't fight. You know, I want to. I really want to be here. You know, but I can't. You know, I got to go. Being unsure of our standing with God is a sure way to lose the battle. Complete dedication to God 
is what it requires. You can't put your left foot in, put your left, no, you can't be doing a hokey pokey. Okay, whatever that stuff is called. <laughs> and go to war and fight the good fight. Overcome your enemies. I'm, I'm talking about God saying, I'm going to help you overcome your enemies. And if you, if you don't want to overcome your enemies, you got to learn how to fight. And you can't fight being all hokey pokey. Sometimes in and sometimes out. You got to be all in. Okay, praise God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good. Pleasing and perfect will. Change the way you think, change your life. I feel sick this morning. Well, in the mighty name of Jesus, I take authority over this sickness. The Bible says that by his stripes, I'm healed. The Bible says that his will is that I be I prosper and be in good health, even as my soul prospers. He says, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, I just lay hands on the sick. Uh, sickness, loose me in Jesus' name. Ah, boom. And I get healed. Y'all think I'm joking. But you got to have a kingdom mindset if you want to win some battles. Oh, I'm sick again. I've always been sick and I always, you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, this sickness runs in my family. This far has it run. No further shit will it go. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ah! No weapon formed against me will prosper. It won't work. It won't work. So you should hear Toby saying that, sing that like, you know, he can sing it. I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> Procrastination is another problem. Uh-oh, I got some witness there. It says in verse 7 of Deuteronomy chapter 7, And what man is there who is betrothed to a woman who has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another marry her. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You always got to put God first in your life. If God comes behind the woman, uh-huh. You know, the Bible says, watch this. It says, seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then, okay, you always put God's first. Yeah. Well, you know, Pastor Vince, you know, I, I disagree with you. I think my family comes first. Yeah, well, you know, show me that scripture, and I'll agree with you. You know, and I'm not, you're supposed to take care of your family. But you can't take care of your family without God. You got to get God first. And then God gets in your family, and then the enemy can't mess with you. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop here with fruitless. <laughs> Not fruit loops. Fruitless. It's <laughs> oh, my goodness. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, We all have the fruits of the Spirit, and they are there to be enjoyed. It says... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Fruitless. If you're not handling things the right way, then you're not, if you don't look like Jesus, act like Jesus when you handle stuff, 
the enemy is going to slap the snot. He's going to beat you into the ground. It's, and I like God's fruit. It says love and joy. You ain't got to get all mad because the, the devil is mad. Revelation tells us that he's mad. And you can't do nothing for him. Let him be mad. You don't want to be like him. You want to be like Jesus. You know, you want to have love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness. The Bible says this. You want to learn how to war? The Bible says this, never return evil for evil. You know, you don't have to do that. You don't have to act like the world wants you to act. You can act like Jesus wants you to act. And he said, though the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are mighty to God, through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. I, I love that. You know, strongholds are these, these ideas, these blocks in people's minds that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. That these are the blocks that you have to learn that, that God can't. If God can't do anything about my cancer, well, I thought we served a mighty God. I thought with God, all things were possible. I've seen some turnaround in this church. There are some family of people that are sitting in this church, even tonight, that a few months ago wasn't sitting in here and wouldn't even come to church. You know, you know, I lived my life, I thought I was never coming to church. I even told people that. I'm never going to church. You're never, I'm never going to. And then I got upset at my wife because she was taking too long in church and I stepped up in the back of that church like I was bad like I was bad bad Leroy Brown walked up in there stepped on God's property and went uh oh I was like I, didn't, I never made it past the back row I came in that place I went God started talking to me I was like oh this guy oh whoa I don't know what's happening here took my bad self back out in the car <laughs> <laughs> and waited for my wife. But from that day, God has never stopped talking to me. He slapped me in that church. I never heard a word the preacher said. But the guy that walked out of that church was different than the guy that walked in. It took me a little while to understand it and to understand what I went through. But my wife informed me, what was it, like three days later, that I was saved she like, baby, you got saved. I was like, what? What's that? I don't know what that was, but I want you to know that from that day on, I became a fighter. And I said, what? I said, everybody in my family has been divorced, and I don't have to be divorced? No. Every, my family, there's nobody in my family that's ever died of natural causes. They've died to cause things caused by alcohol. They've died because of their involvement in addiction to drugs. They've died because they couldn't stop drinking or smoking or partying. And nobody, well, they died of natural causes. No. Most of the people in my family have died because they were bound by something. I'm third generation alcoholic and I don't drink. Did I used to drink? Yeah. God snatched that thing. Bam. Said, oh, you, you can be free. My cousins looked at me like, you're not an alcoholic? My little sister wrote me a letter said, my vision of you was, she said, I'm so proud of you. Because I believed all your life that this is where you was going to end up, on some street corner with some bottle of, of Ripple. Now, y'all don't know what that is. Don't worry about it. Not a little... Maybe you know what Boone's Farm is. I'm not, you know, okay. <laughs> you know. With some bottle of wine in a brown paper bag, drinking on the corner with your friends. That was her visions of me. But she said, I'm so proud of you. You've made something of yourself. I was like, my little sister. <laughs> but I started to find out I can fight the good fight. Here, let me close this thing up. Let me tell you something. Don't let nobody tell you you're stupid or dumb. God says, if you lack wisdom, just ask him. 
Why are you wasting your time thinking that you can't do it? You, you don't have the mental capacity when all you have to do is just that easy is to ask God for wisdom. That's some crazy stuff went on in my life, man, when I got saved. I barely got out of high school, squeaked up under the door. You know, they was, I think they, they graduated me because they didn't want to see me another year. That's what they do in the ghetto. They just push you out the door. Ah, out of the life, not knowing nothing, dumb and ignorant. Right? But the next time that I went to school, after high school, I went and took a college course, and I got an A. Took another college course, I got another A. Every college course I took, I got an A. And I was like, who is this guy? I didn't even know who I was. But I'd asked God to give me wisdom. And he was always giving me wisdom. I just never put it to the test. You're smarter than you think you are. You know how I know that? You're sitting in this room tonight. I already know you're smarter than you think you are. Man, and God's about to, if you ask God, man, he's about to download you just like in the Matrix, man. He's about to give you everything that you need. I need this. You know why? Because our God is a God of abundance. He's the God of more than enough. Oh, man, I've learned stuff that made me a good fighter. You know, I was recently talking to my wife because my, my car cost me $5,000 to fix. I got just enough back from, from the closing of my house to pay off what I owed for my car. Okay, and that took paying it off and a couple of paychecks. And I paid it off. And I said, you know what? I'm not having no poverty must spirit. I never missed a meal. I was never cold, not one time. I, I, I had a place to stay. God took care of me. So I wasn't going to get depressed about my car being in the shop and costing $5,000. It don't mess with me no more. Okay, because I know my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. So when something happens to me financially, I check my righteousness. God, me and you good? We straight? If there's something crooked way in me, let me know, man. We get it straight. Because when I know when you get it straight, you're going to bless me. And God says, you know, we good. Been paying your tithes, giving your offerings, yeah, we good. So I'm going to take you. I'm going to sustain you. I don't need no money. I just need God on my side. When I got the favor of God on me, I got everything I need. And we lived a number of months on, on zip, on nothing. People would bring us groceries and drop them off on our, on our, on our front port. Well, in Hawaii, it's called a lanai. And they, they, they bring stuff to us. And we didn't ask for anything. But you know what? We never went hungry. We, we never got sick. And so it's, this is crazy stuff. You, can't, you cannot have, not have medical and did not get sick? We didn't, how many years? Three or four years. No medical, not a sick, not only us, not a single kid in our house. It, <laughs> you got to learn how to fight when it's time to fight. I've gotten bills that I could not pay, threw them down on the floor, and supernaturally had them reduced. Ain't that right? I'm, there, I'm just like, I'm buying that bill. <laughs> hey, come on, Jesus. Whoa. I have found money in my checking account. I've never been without. For the longest time since I found Jesus or <laughs> since I allowed him to come into my life, don't let people talk to you about not finding Jesus. Stuff. Jesus says in Revelations, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens unto me, who can't find the Lord? He's looking for you. He'll leave the 99 and go after you. His will is that no man perish, but all come to a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. That's his will. So, oh, I went to Tibet looking for, you weren't looking for God. I don't know what you was looking for. Some hoodoo or something, but you weren't looking for God. Because God shows up even when you don't want him to. He shows up and warns you, said, hey, take another step and you'll die. And you go, Ooh, what was that? What was that? I don't know. But the rest of them fools died, and you're still here tonight. We serve a mighty God. Fight the good fight. Now, let me tell you something. 
Fear is false evidence appearing real. Just because something bad happens in front of you doesn't mean you have to change your life. Doesn't mean you have to get down and bow down to it. I hate that. You get a bill in the mail and it was unexpected and you know you owe it and you just go, ah! I don't fall apart no more. I just said, you know what? God can take care of this. He's taking care of me this far. I'm going to trust him now. I can get a million dollar bill today. I'm not going to be afraid. You know what I'm going to tell? I'm going to say, well, God, you want to help me out here. I need your help, Lord. But I'm not going to start flipping up and down and, and, and tripping, you know, because I got a bill. Somebody leave me. I had people leave me before. Not a big deal to me. Okay. I've had people betray. You ever been betrayed? You ever just like somebody just walk up and just put a knife right back there where you didn't even see it coming? <laughs> Got you good. You know, I found out that that can't kill me. Because no weapon formed against me will prosper. I was like, wow, when I learned that, I'll go ahead, stab. Go ahead. Get, get you a good one. You know, it ain't going to work. You can't get me to quit, devil. I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on praising you. I'm going to keep on worshiping him. I'm going to be at church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday night. Every time the door's open, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to do something for somebody else. I'm not just going to sit there and waddle in. Everybody's got a problem. Wow. Are you kidding? Yes, everybody. Everybody in this room got a problem. And some people got a problem bigger than mine. And I'm starting worried about myself. I can't help myself. Only Jesus can help me. Let me go help somebody else. I've learned to do what I can do and let Jesus do the rest. I am not going to sit here and be depressed. I'm going to go, oh, my poor little goldfish. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay, goldfish, you know, oh, poor thing. You know, I love that goldfish. Flush him and go on with my life, you know. Hey, I understand, you know. I understand the sad stuff happening, bad stuff happening in your life. But you know what? You're never not a child of God. Even when bad stuff happens. I always take it to God and say, what did I do? You know, my mother passed away. Just a few months ago. And I was thinking about her today because I wanted to call her and tell her what God was doing in my church and doing in my life, but I couldn't because she's gone. And I said, Mom, I wish I could call you, but I know where you're at. Hallelujah. You can no longer come to me, but one day I'm coming to you. Hallelujah. And we're going to be reunited and we're going to have a nice long conversation. And until then, I'm going over to IHOP, okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got to be a soldier of God. You got to walk in faith and victory. You got to walk as the God created you to walk, a person of power and authority. You stay in this church longer than 10 minutes, I guarantee you you're going to learn how to fight because you got a bunch of fighters here. You don't have people that just put up with stuff. You know, we've overcome stuff. In our, you want to learn how to fight? Get around people that know how to fight. Come on. Get around people that know how to move at a moment's notice. Drop, sell everything for the cause of Christ. Ooh. Be in the church where the pastor used to drink out of mud puddles and eat out of dumpsters. And is now a pastor on his own house. And is serving God like a house on fire. You want to learn how to fight? Be around fighters who have overcome drugs and, and alcohol addiction to stand up for the Lord who once were weak but are now strong and know how to teach other people how to fight. Oh. oh, come on, Jesus. We're not going out that way. Our church is doing things without a change in the valley. We're about to put on the birthday of a king. These people don't know what's about to hit them and stuff because the love and the power of God, it's the anointing behind what we do, the power behind what we do. And by the time they finish singing and dancing and cheering and just like, wow, look at that, they're going to wake up slaves. They're going to like come in here in the stupor and they're going to leave, woke up 
and be saved. Oh, like I was. Oh, what happened to me? I don't know. Somebody explain to me what happened to me. Because of the anointing. I want you to know that depression is over in your life. If you don't want it no more. Fear is done. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Every other spirit we have authority over. And we can cast it out in Jesus' name. Feeble-mindedness. Thinking, I, I can't make it to the morrow. I can't make it through the night. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning, especially when you live in a spirit-filled church. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. We believe that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. We believe that we can do all things through Christ. Because not because it's our idea. It's because God has told us. He has revealed the truth to us. I'm revealing the truth to you tonight. You can and you will overcome. You can make it. You don't have to fake it. You can naturally become strong and do what the enemy has told you you cannot do. You can be in your right mind. You can be in your right spirit. You can have everything that the enemy has stolen from you back again. It's time to get up. Not just come to church, but be the church. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we close service tonight? And I never want to close a service without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord over your life. Jesus is the only one that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The first step in your victory in life is surrendering to Jesus. The only surrender you'll ever have to make in your whole life is to one person. God in the flesh. The Lord God Almighty. Christ Jesus. After that, he makes you more than a conqueror. And you don't have to surrender to nobody else. So if you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight is your night. The Bible says this. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart on the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. It's not a promise from me. That's a promise from God. And he'll show up in your life and change you. Now you're not going to look different. And in some cases, you might not immediately act different. But I promise you, God will begin a work in you that no devil can defeat. And he will do nothing without you letting him do it. So you ain't going to come, you know, out of here, you know. If you came in fat, you're leaving that way. I'm just saying, ain't no, ain't no winky dink or hoodoo here. But I believe that God will start working on your life and he will help you in every area of your life. So if you're here tonight and you're serious about God, if you really want to make Jesus Lord on your life, let me tell you one more thing about God. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. God wants to set you free tonight. Not that you can become some kind of robot. But so you have free will choice to choose him or not. So listen to me. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight is your night. Or maybe you used to serve him. You used to, you used to be with God and you used to serve God and you were on fire for God. But you know that somehow things have creeped in your life and you're not really loving God the way that you should. You're not acting like you should. You're not being the man or woman of God that he called you to be. You need to rededicate your life to Jesus tonight.
You need to make things right with him. It's a personal thing, but we do it in public. And everybody in this room that are saved have done that. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to rededicate your life to him, you want to come back to him tonight. If that's you, just boldly just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody out here want to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight? Hallelujah. Okay, you might not know what that means. But let me tell you this. I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer after me. And this is a prayer of dedication to the Lord. So let's pray to God tonight. Repeat this after me, Lord Jesus. I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. And thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that all those that said that prayer out loud and met it in their hearts are saved. And their destination is no longer a place of outer darkness. The Bible describes as a place of torment and cause hell. But their destination is a place where Jesus said, I go there to prepare a place for you. A place called heaven is prepared for those who follow Jesus. Father, I ask you to bless their lives. I pray, Lord, that from this day forth, not only them, but none of us, when we make a mistake, will ever run from you. But we'll always run to you to receive mercy, grace, love, forgiveness, and salvation. I ask that you would have your way in all of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give Jesus a clap offering. I want to encourage you, if you made a decision for God, to tell somebody about it. As a matter of fact, I give you full permission to come and tell me about it. Okay. One more thing I want to do before we close. If you're here tonight and you're in a battle, you're in a fight, but your spirit is not right. In other words, you're feeling weak. You're feeling defeated. You're, feeling, you're, you're in fear, not in faith. I've been there before many times. And I've had men of God and women of God around me who would pray for me. I want to do the same thing for you tonight. I want to pray for you. If you're facing situations that look bigger than you, look like a giant to you, look impossible to you, but you believe that God can help you, I want you to come work your way out of your seats. I want you to come stand up here. I want to pray for you and agree with you that God's going to touch your life and give you the strength that you need. Won't you come? You're not coming to man. You're coming to God. God is going to help you. I promise you. He's going to help you tonight. Hallelujah. I want ministers, pastors, Bible study leaders. I want you to come and help me minister to these that are here. For the rest of you, I'm going to say a prayer of dismissal. And you can quietly make your way out as you're, you see. You see, there's a lot of ministry that we need to do in this place. So I ask you politely, if you have conversation, if you want to talk, feel free to hang out in the lobby until the lights go off. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. And at any time you want to come on this altar, you can come. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word tonight and for your victorious saints in Christ who know how to fight, who know how to war according to the way of the kingdom, Lord. Whoa! I ask you to bless them. I ask your safe traveling mercies upon them, Father. Lord, keep them. Cause your light to shine upon them. Give them great rest tonight. Refresh them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. 
We'll see you Wednesday night.